Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Brian. The real estate market is crazy. Finding an agent you can trust isn't easy. Thankfully, the one thing I'm more certain of than Brian Schottenheimer calling a running play on second and long is that you can trust John Hurlbut and his team in Altitude Homes. I know John personally, and nobody does it better in Pierce, South King, and Thurston County. So head on over to altitude-re.com HB to get real estate help you need. That's altitude-re.com HB. Or give them a call at 253-222-2626. Again, that's 253-222-2626. Go Hawks! Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S., and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com, click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. Start spreading the news. Oh, for God's sake. And welcome to Real Hawk Talk. I want to be Hauser at Hawk Blogger on Twitter. And I'm ashamed. Are longing to stray. I am ashamed at what I said. <laughs> I am going to barely be able to participate tonight, but I will do it because there's stuff to talk about, and I'm committed to this show and to these fans and to my my colleagues, but it's going to take a little bit for me to recover from that game. And I have to offer... (laughs) Damn, that was just a laugh. Uh, there's there's gonna be there's gonna be some moments tonight where you know this could get a little red, a little blue, depending on your your perspective. You won't be able to see my face, but this this could go the wrong way a few times. And with that, let me bring in the rest of the crew. Uh, at Dana OG, Dana O'Gorman, welcome, Dana. Well, thank you, Baghead. I, I'm happy to be here. Would, would you be willing to uh, be our primary host tonight? I, I think, I think, I think, I think that's probably smart. That. Yeah, I, th- I think that might be a good idea because I'm not sure you're in the right headspace in order to do that. So I'm happy oh, to do that. I think I'm in the perfectly right headspace. In oh, fact, no. there's a number of people on, uh, on the Seahawks coaching staff front office, roster, who may want to uh, talk to me about this headgear. Uh, There's some offers. Uh, I I can make it available. Um, 
Also, Nathan Ernst, at Nathan E11. Welcome. Good to see you, dude. Yeah. Hey, hi. Uh, and, and finally, but, but, but never least, and certain to not be the most negative person on the show today, Evan Hill, at Evan and SEA. How are you doing, dude? I'm doing great. I just, I just want, I just want to take this moment to acknowledge that uh, this is something I don't think we've ever seen out of you, and this makes me, this reminds me of the time I wore a trash bag after the Niners lost to the Seahawks in Week 17 last year. I think is what it was. Uh, I, I just want you to know I sympathize with your pain, and this is a, this is a safe space, and you are, you are free to share any and all transparent thoughts tonight brian we want to hear from you well you know i appreciate that um my nipples are actually clear of any rashad penny eyes or tattoos so i still feel like i have to live up to some of your past experiences but um i I could not think of a more appropriate way to start this show after losing to colt mccoy and the new york giants the way we did this weekend and Dana, I'm going to hand it over to you. Okay, good, good. Hand it it over. Yeah. I do have to say, like, my my opening kind of question um, for for you to kind of help turn around is, why does this season matter? Like, if you can lose to Colt McCoy, if you can lose to Colt McCoy, what's the point? You're right. They should just all stay home now. I think that that's just that we should just forget the rest of the season, give up the fact that we have, you know, eight wins on the season and just give up. No, listen, I get it. I've heard from you guys all week long about how pissed you are about this game. And I get it. And I understand. And I'm not trying to Pollyanna my way out of it. I've been asked to be mean and ruthless to the team this week. So we literally, we literally, okay, hold up. We got to stop there for a second. I'm sorry to cut you off, Nathan or Dana, Nathan and Jeff or Nathan and Brian. We literally had fans of this show on Twitter moments ago, minutes ago, tweeting at Dana (laughs) to please be negative about this Seahawks team. And I I just remembered too that before we went on, Dana's like, okay, everybody, we're going to try to, uh, uh, we're going to try to be positive. I'm going to try to keep it upbeat. (laughs) No, I said you had to answer one question. I said you had to answer one question positively. That's what I said. I'm sorry for cutting you off. I just had to set that context. (laughs) Listen, I get it. Yeah, I I get it. You know, last week's game, it just completely sucked. We hated everything about it. It was just a complete disaster. Um, Except for maybe the defense a little bit. I mean, you could find a couple positives there. Brian, Brian, are you going to leave it on all the whole time? Um, Please do. Please do. Okay. I mean, so it, angry it, though. <laughs> there's there's potential to 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 affect change here, but we we'll see how oh. we get into this conversation. I would I'd suggest we keep going. Okay. So I want to know. Well, the question I had kind of prepared was, have you calmed down a bit? But apparently that is just not the situation at all. No. So I, I want to start with, with Nathan. I'm, I'm going to let you two simmer for me. I'm going to start with Nathan because Nathan actually had a great thread on Twitter. Um, was that yesterday, Nathan, or the day before? I can't remember um, about Russell Wilson. And, and so I want to know now that you've reflected on it a little bit, what are your, what are your thoughts after you looked at those plays and you, and you wrote that thread out? Um, you know, there's, I'm not going to sugarcoat the offense at all. Um, 
it was it was bad across the board. Like I, I think basically everybody underperformed what you um, could expect of them or should expect of them. Um, but rewatching it, um, there was uh, it, it stood out to me more that there was kind of a lot of just conf- like I don't want to say bad luck again because I don't want to sugarcoat this offense, but like. There was just different things that happened that were atypical or penalties or the Carson pick or the botch snap. And like, yeah, like the offense should have been able to overcome that against a bad team and everything. But um, I, I think on top of just having an, a, a mediocre game, what really like then sunk them in terms of like just being able to win Um was just they found themselves in third and long and second and long like constantly and when they started to get something going you know they they had the botch snap or Jamarco Jones gets hurt right like th- this was in no way a good performance but if it wasn't for kind of a lot of just things going wrong at the wrong time you know I, I think they still would have overcome that team and uh, you know again I'm not sugarcoating anything I don't expect that to make anyone feel better um 12 points is is a disaster right and if we're talking about things going right they're scoring in the low 20s probably so still problems to solve there but um I I don't know that this is like oh god they can't that they're worse than the Giants like I I don't know that that that, that's where we're at now I I yeah was there anything fluky about that loss I mean, Everything sure, the botch snap fluky. in the curse in the pick, right? I mean, those were fluky. Yeah, I, I think that there was a lot fluky with that game, and that's you know, y- you have to wonder. And Brian, I'll direct this to you. Was this just the perfect storm of crap? I mean, is that what we ended up with here, or was I know that I, I think that you think there's more to it than that because there's been a couple of weeks that haven't been great, but this seemed to be the perfect storm of crap. So here's the thing. Nathan, look at me. Look at me. <laughs> no, you're so mad. I don't. Is is Maintain is anger what you're feeling? Excuse me. Is anger what you're feeling? It is a combination of anger and indifference. No, uh, that that bag does not say indifference. <laughs> you're still feeling stuff, buddy. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. Um, they were absolutely humiliated in Buffalo, right? Like completely outplayed, blown off the field. Yes, the score was 10 points, but that game was, they were as thoroughly beaten in that game, you know, as they've been beaten in a long time. And then they went to LA and were non-competitive for a half of football and, and really got blown off, you know, that in a key, you know, division match. Those are two pretty bad performances, really bad performances. Then you have this, and, and this is like a couple weeks later. Um, I, if they had lost to the Giants with Daniel Jones, that would have been one thing. I mean, I think the Giants are actually playing pretty well. I think their defense mm-hmm. is, is pretty good um, and well coached. Uh, that offense is, I don't think there's, with Colt McCoy behind the, behind center, I don't think there's a worse offense in football. I mean, I think, I think it is atrocious. Evan, look at me. And there's, 
there's no excuse, no excuse at all for allowing that team to run the football when that's the only thing that they could do. Literally the only thing they could do. That is the easiest coaching situation to be in. That's the easiest um, defensive situation to be in. And it happens to be one of your strengths. And they ran all over you. Then on offense, you can't score more than 12 points. And even then, two of it came from a safety. You got 10 points. And I think some of those points came from the Quandre Diggs uh, interception, right? Is that right? I can't remember. They got a field goal on that one, I think. Mm -hmm. So, look, where I'm at is that we were talking about Russell Wilson as an MVP and legitimately we're talking about shoddy as a guy that oh my gosh we lost him like what would that mean to this franchise and you know Pete Carroll had because he was letting people pass the ball more that that he had proven he he could be a a coach that they keep around um I think all three of those guys should be taking a long look in the mirror right now I think this team should be better than it is. And it's been weeks of them being bad. And there's just literally no, there's no excuse. And I, I disagree. I don't think there's a fluky in the least. I think the Giants outplayed the Seahawks. I really do. And uh, I think, I think, I think the Seahawks are irrelevant. That, that's, that's where I'm at with the Seahawks right now. I think they can play out the string. Um, I think it would take a monumental shift at this point for this team to, to turn it around. Um, and I'll be happy to wear this paper bag in reference to myself if they're able to do that. But at this point, what have we seen over eight weeks to show that, that Shadi has any idea about how to turn around the offense or that Russell has any idea about how to play the way he did in the first four weeks. I think I, we've been explaining away and explaining away for a long time and I'm done doing that. But that kind of brings up a good point just as a counterpoint and, and Evan, I'll, I'll ask you this. So we saw MVP Russell Wilson and now we've seen not MVP Russell Wilson. Is it really that big of a shift to get him back to where he was? That's a really good question. Um, the, the concern is not just the Giants game. I, I want to be clear about that. Mm-hmm. I think the concern is the reason we're all sounding very depressed and angry and upset and embarrassed. At least I can speak for myself here. It's not because of, the, of just the Giants game. It's the trend over you know, the past um, seven weeks, they started off the season five and L they're three and four cents. They've the the offense has pretty much been in a a downward spiral uh, slowly, but surely, you know, pretty much climaxing here against the giants. Uh, I don't Russell has been really inconsistent. Um, I'm not happy with how he played at all on, on Sunday. I think I'm somewhere where Nathan is. He's probably, give that performance like a C minus, maybe a D plus. Like I I don't think he played well at all. Um, But the, but Jeff, Jeff Simmons, our other co-host who, you know, has this week off brought up a really good point that these defenses playing against Seattle have taken away the deep ball, arguably Russell Wilson's, you know, 
uh, biggest attack vector. He's it's it's where he throws the best uh, ball. Is that deep ball? It's it's insane. It's a it's a moon moon ball type of uh, throw. When they take that away, which we saw happen in the Giants game, uh, this offense doesn't know how to respond. They 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 can't function without the threat without the threat of um, the deep ball. You know, an explosive play. So, to answer your question, I'm not sure. I don't know. But 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 it, but to me, it's both. This is a coaching thing and and an execution thing. Um, this is not, you know, this is on Russell's head too. Mm-hmm. Like right. if he, oh, this sure. is not either or. One thing I want to just also call out because we've you know we've been talking about the five and zero start and how great they were. That Minnesota game was in the first five games. They won it, mm-hmm. but the Vikings dominated that game, and and the the offense was shit. They just scored no points in the first half of that game. They scored all their points in the third quarter, pretty much, other than the final drive. So, like, I think, I mean, if you really look back, and look, if someone's looking for a pick me up for me, obviously you're not going to get it right now. But if you look back. Tell me what is the proof? What's the evidence that says that this team is improving? What's the evidence that this team can beat an elite team? Like, what's the signature victory? The Seahawks are favored by like 16 points or 15 points over the Jets. They haven't won a game by more than 13 points all year. And that was the first game of the season against Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think they're going to cover 16 points against the Jets. Like that's crazy. They should they should cover 30 points against the Jets. So like as a as a cry for help. <laughs> tell me why any of us should believe that after all this time that the Seahawks are going to get better. Well, I, I think that the answer to that question is you you can't know if they're going to get better, but we do know that we're getting back some people on injury, but I, we'll get back to that, Brian. I promise we will try to make you feel better by the end of this. Can I but- mention one more thing? Please do. One sort of concerning item, and I'm not, I'm not saying it explains away the offense's recent nosedive in performance, but one thing that I feel like isn't getting talked about enough is the offensive line's pass protection is slowly, yeah. not even slowly, quickly declining Mm -hmm. from what was like a top 10 unit early in the year. Uh, I think it was me or, or Jeff, some, one of us uh, shared in our group chat this week, Uh, three of Seattle's four worst pass protection performances have been the last three weeks. Yeah. So you got to talk about. (laughs) I mean, Jamarco Jones. (laughs) actually was incredibly solid and i want oh my gosh i want a little bit of a conversation about how this guy stepped in and played right tackle well there's a few yep. people here that said that guy couldn't play tackle yeah i mean clearly he enabled the offense to score a ton more points hey, last hey, week so he did his job he did his job <laughs> oh my god how do you feel chad wheeler played when jamarco went down <laughs> he is who he thought he was I hope Josh Cashman's out there understanding the implications of having and shamed. I hope he's wearing a bag. It should be his profile pick after having Chad Wheeler as his profile pick for a while. 
I mean, you're right. not you're not like going full crazy like he should be starting over Brand Shell or anything like that, right? You're just no. saying he's a good plug and play type of player. No, but I think he's, I think he can be a starting quality tackle. I do believe. I don't think. Brian, he's what are you gonna? What is your mask gonna look? What is your bag gonna look like when both him and Agboyi are healthy and they start Cedric? <laughs> Oh my god! I'm staying out of chat that week. <laughs> is it gonna be literally? Are you gonna like literally light it on like fire? You have a little fire starter. Yeah. And... Dana's already looking for like, how do I end this? Where's my? Where's it? Where do I have? For my... fun. Oh, this is super. Brian, you do realize Jamarco sort of lucked into starting on Sunday, right? I know. Okay. I know. And that's a that's a that. So that's isn't that kind of disappointing that one that that Mike Solari doesn't know that Jamarco Jones is a better tackle than. Abwehi. I mean, this team started Jermaine Ifedi for four straight years. <laughs> this is true. This he is didn't. True. But I, I was encouraged by that. I like that. I also like the way Jordan Bush played. That was good to see. Is that your positive comment, Cap? Okay. There's a, there's a, there's a few, there's a few little tidbits in there. <laughs> so, I, I want to run back just a little. Let's, let's pull this back because <laughs> they will fight. To all of those of you listening, they will fight about Demarco Jones all day long. I've seen them do it. So uh, <laughs> we're going to talk. I want to ask Nathan a question. Nathan, I want to know. So we were talking. Nathan or Evan was talking about how you know they've taken away that long ball. They've taken away you know the one thing that we were just murdering teams with. And please do not attack me on Twitter for this. But is that a direct result of the let Russ? cook movement because they got away from the run for so much they know that was all he was doing do we need to and i'm asking not about chris carson i'm just asking about the run game be able to switch it up a little bit more or short passes or use the tight ends more what do you think they can do to help with that but not Chris uh, Carson specifically. you're not allowed to say the words chris carson <laughs> or a running back just don't do it <laughs> um uh no i i don't think that's what's um going on um you know uh i i i i honestly just don't have a good answer on because you can't say you hate chris carson is that why you don't have no. <laughs> no 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 um i mean you know uh i don't remember who all was there for the post game now but um you know, if you look at the numbers of the post game, they should have been running more um, in that game, not because of whatever, you know, mythical uh, effect that may or may not have on the passing game, passing game, um, but because their running was more effective um, in a lot of cases. Um, so in that sense, I mean, yeah, maybe running more would have made sense there, but, you know, um, that was more a function of the passing game being abysmal than the running game being especially mm-hmm. good. Um I, you know, um, that there's, there's a lot of, um, different ideas here, right? Um, you know, uh, uh, some people are saying, Hey, they need to pass quicker, right? The breast needs to stop holding on the ball and yada, yada. And there's a lot of times where that would have been true. That was not the case though, against the giants on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, Russ was getting the ball out quickly. Um, you know, you, you can go through, you can find a couple cases. There was a really bad one early in the game on third down where he should have, uh, come off, I think DK and, 
um, dumped off to, to lock it to somebody and, and just converted an easy um, third down. Um, so those are still there, um, but that was not his problem, right? Um, there are folks um, like, uh, you know, friend of the pod, Matty Brown, um, who thinks that, uh, you know, and, and um, Griffin, uh, C-Max move who think that he needs to be more aggressive in attacking the intermediate, actually, in the middle of the field. Um, and, and there are definitely some examples of that. Um, one that has been kind of constant <clears throat> is is he is really shy to throw a corner route, um, especially in you know um, you know these cover two situations where you have a corner hanging out underneath it. Um, there were a couple opportunities for him to hit David Moore um, and, and get some yards out of that. Um, it's a little hard for me to to point to that in this specific case because in those situations he actually um they actually still managed to you know have productive plays like one play he scrambled for seven yards it was first and ten so yeah you know there was an opportunity to get more there but it wasn't like he was killing the offense or anything um so but yeah i mean ultimately i what's that ask related question yeah yeah yeah. So, so like because i think it's a good question dana and 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 um I think there's a perception that the nerds, you being one of them, Nathan. Um, you call me? You're our favorite. <laughs> um, uh, are anti-run and, um, and that you're not interested in a good run game. I mean, you may, you may actually say that that's true, but I mean, you look around the NFL, like last year, the Ravens were a great offense and they were a historically good run game. They were just really good running the ball. This year, um, I I don't have the numbers in front of me. It's a little hard to see right now, but uh, I mean, the Chiefs are an excellent running team, I think. Um, I'm pretty sure Tennessee is an excellent running team. Uh, I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, there's a number of the top offenses that are really effective on the ground and not just at the end of games to salt games away, but as, another part of their offense. And I think the Seahawks maybe, you know, maybe are not taking advantage. So, so I guess I'm, I'm wondering here, uh, the question is like, do you guys feel like uh, an effective run game should be a bigger part of the way that the, the Seahawks are playing? Um, or, or do you feel like, you know, no, they just they have to stick with it exactly the same amount of passing and they just have to get better at passing and and and, and not run anymore. The problem, you go ahead. The problem I have with that question, Brian, is I do believe there's a large drop off from Chris Carson to our other running backs, and yes. Chris Carson's health yes. is yes. very much in question right now. Yes. Pete Carroll openly, admittedly said, you know. I, I'm, not, I'm paraphrasing here, but like in his post game conference on Sunday, he was like, we're managing this injury and he's just getting through the game. Mm-hmm. That does not sound like a fully healthy Chris Carson. Yep. So if we had a, if we had a fully healthy Chris Carson, I think that's a very legitimate conversation, mm-hmm. but he's not healthy. So that's a problem. <laughs> I don't know where to go for, from there, but and healthy running, healthy running backs have been a problem for this team for a few years now. You, you just can't, te- yeah, and you just can't tell me running this offense like the way Pete Carroll wants to run it with like a Travis Homer or an Alex Collins or somebody like that is going to be as effective, obviously, with a Chris, Car- a fully healthy Chris Carson. So there's just concerns there. 
from mm-hmm. from my from my perspective. Nathan, what were you gonna say? Well, I'll kind of so. Brian, you said you know nerds are, are anti-run or whatever, and and that that's true. But you know, I think there's some nuance there, right? Uh, the nerds want you to measure these plays equally, right? Um, a lot of people um, will say you had an effective run game if you averaged four yards a carry because they believe that that also has some magical properties and 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 helping the passing game, right? And what the nerds believe is that that's that's not true, right? That that. Um, at least in any kind of, you know, the, the, there's there's no evidence that, just from a volume perspective at least, that running helps passing, right? So if you're going to measure, if you say, would it be good if Seattle had an effective running game? Yes, but that should be measured equally against what a passing game gives you, right? And the teams that can run as effectively as they pass are, you know, very few and far between. So that's kind of my non-answer, right? Like, yeah, it'd be it'd be great if they could run at a rate that was, you know, somewhat equivalent to a passing game, even a, a poorer passing game, right? Um, just looking at, you know, Football Outsiders really quick because they don't have all the, the EPA numbers. Um, the best rushing offense is worth uh, 8.7% DVOA, right? Positive being good, Okay. Uh, an 8.7% DVOA passing attack would rank 21st. So the best rushing attack in the NFL in terms of DVOA is worth roughly as, is as effective as, um, you know, the San Francisco passing game. Right. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's the issue with, with the running game and, and looking to really lean on that. If they can get a, if they can get a, a, an effective running game that, that is worth, you know, splitting the plays and giving that, you know, that many snaps to, splitting. then great. Not even splitting. I mean, just. Sure. Just more. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that's a really, it was a really good question. It's very, and I know it's, it's almost like, analytics and statistics versus the eye game versus traditional football where you like, you know, you have to be able to keep them guessing and all that. There's so much to that, um, that I think sometimes gets lost in the statistics, but from my eye right now, I think that that seems to be what's missing is not even, you know, perfectly split or whatever it is, just a consistent run game, I think would be super, super helpful. And of course that's game to game. Also, you know, we have to remember that it depends on the team you're playing, what, you know, you're, scheme is going to be whether shoddy remembers that or not that's that's traditionally how it works so but i guess my question can i jump uh in there please you guys brian and dana particularly Mm -hmm. do you both believe that seattle can run more and still be effect as effective running the football if chris carson isn't out there and his stat and his snaps are being managed artificially limited by the coaching staff are you comfortable with like an alex collins or a rashad penny back there um, my answer is, I don't know about Penny. I think we have to see how he comes back to be really honest with you. Um, I think we've seen flashes from Penny, but not consistency from him. So I don't, I don't know until we see him back from that injury. I don't know about him. Um, the rest of them. No, I, I don't. But at the same time, I think you have to use the run game the, to the best that you can with the players that you have. So is it going to be as effective as a Chris Carson run? Absolutely not. I mean, we all know that, but I still think that it has to be used at least better than it was last week. For, for lack of a better example. Yeah, and and I mean, I think Damian Lewis is a better run blocker than he's a pass blocker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think 
Uh, Mikey Potty is a better run blocker than he is a pass blocker. I think, I don't know if you guys remember, I think it was a few years ago, the Seahawks played Minnesota. And um, Minnesota came in and decided to take away Seahawks, the Seahawks deep ball. And so they just played like a bunch of two deep and, and like basically they, the Seahawks kept checking into running plays and, and they ran like all over Minnesota. And, and I think I'm remembering this right. I could be, I could be spacing it. There was definitely a game where a team stayed back with two safeties and really was determined to take away the deep ball. And so the Seahawks were able to run effectively and, and control the game that way. So I, I'm not here um, debating what Nathan said about, oh, you need to run to set up the pass. Mm-hmm. But teams can't take away everything. Mm-hmm. And if they're taking away, if they're putting you know, safeties back to take away DK and they're doubling on Tyler, then where's the tight end? use the tight end more. Where's the middle of the field? Where's the intermediate? Like where are the swing passes, the screen passes, if you're going to do passing and also where's the run game? Like where, where's that as something, you know, at this point, the offense has been ineffective for long enough. They really, I mean, I shared the numbers in my article and like they have been not just not good. They've been like bad. The offense is used to be great. It is bad at this point. So I'm okay with a few series where all of a sudden they're like, okay, this team is expecting we're going to pass. They're playing that kind of coverage. We are going to run, run, run. We're going to bring out uh, a heavy package. We're going to bring out like a George Fant package again and do that. And just, just to give defenses something else to deal with. Like at this point, to me, you could almost make the argument that they're doing now with the early down passing what they did with the run in the past. They're just sticking with it. Even if it's not going to work, they're just going to stick with it and stick with it and stick with it. And frankly, I kind of wanted them to do that all this time, but I've kind of reached my breaking point of like, come on, like try something else because what you're doing is not working. So here's the deal. We've spent 30 minutes talking backwards. So now let's talk forward, if that is okay with you guys. I'm not going to make you be positive, Evan. I don't worry. I'm not going to make you do it. You're all right. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just, I, I wasn't here for the post game show on Sunday because I didn't feel like I, I, I didn't feel like I was going to be helpful. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't even watch the show. That's how depressed I was. But I, I just want to say something. Please. I am so deeply embarrassed with what happened on Sunday, and I understand that I have not been a sports fan as long as, um, you know, you folks or, or many Seahawks fans. I'm, I'm obviously on the younger side here. I've been a sports fan in general for about 15 to 16 years. There have been many days where I've been sad, depressed, angry, upset, completely furious. But this was the first game where I woke up the morning after embarrassed with what I watched the previous day. And I understand you a trash bag on this show one time. <laughs> okay. That was the day of, not the morning after. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 Important distinction. All right. Important distinction. Uh, it's, that was tough. I, oh. I, I don't know how you, there's very few positives you can take from that game, but mm-hmm. uh, Dana, let's, let's move on to something positive, but I well, just, 
Well, let's do this. Let you know the um. Let's do this. So, Nathan, you have our Patreon questions. Are they more focused on the Giants game, or are they more focused forward? Because that'll be a good determination where we put them. Or are they just grumpy like everybody else? <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Sorry, who are we talking about? The Patreon questions. Oh, they, the Patreon yeah. questions are, are more, not happy. They're okay. not. No. So are they are they more about the Giants game or are they more moving forward? They are there is a heavy fire Pete Carroll uh, uh Ooh, Dana's flavor. favorite. Let's yep. talk about it. Let's yeah. do it. Let's yeah. do it mid mid show. Why the heck yeah. not? Yep. No, I think that's a good spot because then we can focus on the Jets and we can move past it and go on from there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Let's talk about firing Pete Carroll for God's sake. Okay, okay. Well, let's just uh... <laughs> don't mind me. I don't know if this is because you're mad at Pete Carroll or because you're mad we're talking about firing Pete Carroll. I'm just getting prepared. Okay. <laughs> you know what? No one tells you uh, about these is that it's very warm inside. Yeah. I don't know how fans do it. That's why they it's sit so outside bad. in the cold in Cleveland and where. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, so I'm not a Lions fan for so many reasons. Um, well, let's just go straight to you on this one, uh, Dana. Um, oh, so, we God. Too, so we don't get too bogged down in the negativity here. Okay. Uh, from Joe Hayes, do you have faith that the Seahawks win another Super Bowl under Pete Carroll? Not can they. Do you think they will? Do you have faith in that? Oh, this is bad. This is a bad sign. I went to you to start us off with a positive flavor I, in your I, mustering. I do, okay. but I have a little different take on football than you guys i i do truly believe that luck plays a very big part in football i i have made that very clear um so i do believe that they will how long is his contract they just extended through 25 right 25 so five more years so I don't know if everyone else will remember this, but I remember this very clearly that the right after the Seahawks won, either won or lost the Super Bowl, Brian, you'll have to remember, remember me when you said this, but Brian went on Twitter and he said, I believe the Seahawks will win three Super Bowls in five years. Uh, and obviously that did not happen. And I, and I get that, but I understand that optimism and I understand and believe that that was possible, even now, I still believe it's possible. It has so much to do with putting all the pieces together. And I do think, and I'm gonna get lambasted for this, that those early Russell Wilson years, we were so spoiled with the talent level that was on that team, that that has become the expectation. I understand it, I get it, but I think that they do find players that can make a difference. I think Jamal, I think um, Dunlap, those kind of players can make a difference. So within the next five years, it would not surprise me at all if the Seahawks won another Super Bowl. I think probably one, to be really honest. It, it wouldn't be more than one, I don't see. Um, but it will depend on a question I asked in Patreon, which was, do you guys think we need an OC or a DC more? Um, and who they put in those spots. So my answer is yes, for lack of a better, just short answer, yes. Yeah, I mean, I'll piggyback on that a little bit. Like mm -hmm. I... I clearly not the biggest Pete Carroll fan, but uh, I, I do think that there's a ton of luck in, luck in football, especially in single elimination playoff games. Yep. And, you know, a big part of it is just getting back to the playoffs every year. And for whatever you want to say about Pete and where, whatever you want to say about this team right now, you know, they look like they're going to get in the playoffs this year. Pete consistently gets them there. And so they're going to have a shot and that's a huge part of the battle. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Uh, Braxton Kendall. Uh, who who always has good questions. Shout out Braxton Kendall. Um, 
Uh, Evan, I doubt the Seahawks go into the next year's draft with only four picks. So who's on the trading block for Seattle Ooh. this offseason? Oh, that is such a good question. question. I love these types of roster construction sort of questions. Um, I'm just looking at Seattle's roster right now. I don't think Jaron Reed is on the roster next year. Um, I don't know if he's going to be traded. I don't think they could trade him, frankly. Um, They have to keep that option for next year. Well, is it an option or is it just a two-year contract? It's a two-year contract. Yeah, he has another contract, yeah. Are you, wait, I don't understand what you're saying, Brian. Are you saying well, they would trade? I guess, uh, yeah. I was like, when does when does that show up on their cap? Because I'm assuming they're cutting him after this year. Yeah, they can cut him after this year, or trade him. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't start getting paid till games start getting played, if that makes sense. I see. Or significant money until those games start getting played. Yep. Um, who could Seattle trade next year? That's a really good question. Um. I'm just looking at their some of their highest paid players. Is it? I'm gonna ask a question. Don't stir the pot. I'm gonna. I'm, Don't it's do just it. it's just a question. I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I'm not saying it's gonna happen. Could Seattle trade trade Tyler Lockett next year? <gasps> That's exactly oh. who I was thinking. Oh, Evan. I'm not. I'm not saying they should. I'm not saying they should. I love Tyler Lockett. I have his jersey, one of my favorite receivers in the NFL. But should they? Could they? What would be the upside of that? Yeah, I don't know. You could get probably get a pretty strong pick, you would think. Like what? Second round, maybe? I mean, Diggs got a second, and he's younger and better, right? Yeah. So I think you're thinking a third. I mean, Randy I, I'm Cooks on... was a first, yeah, like three I mean, times over. Know. You never know what people are going to do. Um, mm-hmm. I would say the upside there is one, you know, this is like the second second or third year in a row that he's gotten hurt and, and not missed time, but, you know, not been right. And, and it's hurt the offense. Um, and also you're going to have to pay him soon, right? Next year's his last year. Correct. And I don't know how much you want to commit beyond that. So, you know, do you trade a year of him basically to, you know, pick up a third or something like that? Do we know what his he is going to get paid next year? Because it's going to have to be friendly too, because of the drop in the cap, and so, so his contract can't be huge. He makes twelve point five million That's next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you cut him or trade him, it's a ten point three savings. So re- you're you're one hundred percent correct, Dana. Mm-hmm. Actually, relative to the wide receiver market, it's an mm-hmm. incredibly affordable deal. Mm-hmm. So that but could be a big part of it. That could be a part of why a trade package could also be so reasonable for a team. That's what I mean. Yeah. So a team might want him because he's cap friendly and with the drop in the cap next year, they're going to need to look for those. Yeah. So it's, it's a really good question. Um, There's not many players I can point to that say, you know, obvious trade candidate right there, because frankly, the Seahawks don't have a ton of highly paid players. They have five players above 10 million and then, or above 13 million. And then the next closest is Quandary Diggs at 5.5 million. They just don't have a lot of good players that they've paid. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, okay, Brian, um, back on back on Pete Carroll, and, and we've talked about this quite a bit. Um, so let's set a, set aside a little bit, just you know whether um, Pete should or whatever, what, whatever your opinion is on Pete's you know employment here long term. Sean Harker asks, um, is Pete Carroll unfireable? Like we've talked about this, right? Who who actually 
can fire Pete Carroll, obviously, you know, the owner, but that's a weird situation. So like how, how unfireable is Pete like beyond just his performance? Yeah. I mean, Pete's in charge of football operations um, for, for the team. So uh, I, I'm pretty sure the only people that can fire him are Jody Allen and, and Burt Cold. Um, uh, there might be the, who's the president right now? Can't remember. It's not, not Chuck Powell, is it? Donald Trump. Powell, the KJR <laughs> host? Not yeah. for long. No, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's something Powell, right? Isn't it? The, the, Chuck it, Arnold. Chuck Arnold. Chuck Arnold. He, he, may, he may have that ability as well. But, um, you know, I made this, this point as well. Like, fans focus on performance. Um, and we all want a Super Bowl, right? Like, that's what we're looking for. Uh, ownership is definitely looking for a Super Bowl, but they're also looking at the Seahawks are incredibly successful. There's no more successful franchise in the Northwest right now than the Seattle Seahawks. They're winning. They're going to the playoffs every year. They've got great players that, that um, you know, are great media people and sell a lot of jerseys and all sorts of stuff. And everyone wants to advertise with them. And, you know, there is some danger of them becoming, you know, the Seattle Mariners, um, not in the sense of losing for years and years, but would they fire somebody who's giving them a very successful business um, just because they're not winning at all? Do they have that owner? who is like, who, what that person cares about most is winning a Super Bowl and they're just going to keep pressing and pressing. I don't know if they have that person. Like Paul Allen was absolutely that for the Blazers. Like he wanted a ring more than anything. And he was in their ear. He was, you know, in their shorts all the time. And I think he became that way about football too. He was very involved. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that person exists right now for the Seahawks. So, um, I don't know if he's unfireable. I just think it's highly unlikely he's going to be. And, and the thing I'll say is as, as, as upset as I am with his performance, and I, I've always said to you guys, he's ultimately responsible for everything that goes right or wrong, everything um, on, on the team. You know, I don't think that keeping B. Carroll keeps him from winning a Super Bowl. Um, I, I, I think that, that there's, he, he did get pressure to change over his coaching staff a few years back. And I think that turned out to be a good thing with Tom Cable leaving and things like that. To your question earlier, Dana, like, mm -hmm. I think, I think a new OC is, I mean, I would keep, Russell Wilson's not going anywhere. I would keep turning over OCs until you find one that unlocks him. And it looked like we had found one, but apparently we haven't. So move on, bring someone else in. Don't waste any more of his years. Brian, can I read what you wrote from your morning after article? Sure. I thought it was really, really interesting. You said, above Carol, and I quote, one has to wonder who is truly holding him accountable now that Paul Allen has passed away. It is unclear how involved Jody Allen is, or perhaps it is Brett Cold. The Carol extension makes sense from a Mariner style of ownership. The Seahawks are winning enough and are kings of local media. So they are successful as a business. If your sole purpose is hoisting another trophy and designing another ring, there's waning evidence Pete Carroll has the team on track to do that. 
Uh, and I'll I'll read something from Jeff's post that really hit me in the gut. Um, and it's just a quick little factoid. But um, this is year three since Carol hit the reset on the organization in 2017. Um, you know, he says by now they were ready to compete for a Super Bowl. Um, while it seemed the case early on, you know, it's not it's not really there now. That's that is maybe. Um, I don't know. That bummed me out. That bummed me out a lot. Like they really, you know, should be gearing up for another window right now. And they're, they're not like, they obviously haven't fallen apart. They're not out of it or anything, but I I don't see them having, they haven't rebuilt the LOB or anything here. Right. Like they're not, in fact, right today it's, it's, you know, and with recency bias and everything, it's hard to feel like they're much farther ahead at all than where they were at the end of 2017. Right. I, I, I feel like so much of that, so much of that is on John Schneider's shoulders. I think he has done a shit job. Like he really, like, I think they're, I mean, it is, it is thin and the amount of picks that they've wasted either with bad selections or trading them away to the point now where they don't have picks. Um, they've, they've, uh, you know, some of their best players are, I mean, Dwayne Brown, Jamal Adams, these are guys that they had to trade for because they couldn't actually draft these guys and develop them the way they need to. Like DK Metcalf, Damian Lewis, um, Tyler Lockett. Like those are, those are names of guys that they have drafted and are huge parts of the team. Coverage pretty bare after that, you know, like um, in terms of real, real like ascendant talent. Um, And that's over how many years? Like, that guy's that guy I think has really made it hard on the coaching staff to to put together a championship team, um, and and uh, yeah, I mean, I could go on about Russell too. Yeah, all right, let's let's pull out a let's pull out of the tailspin here a little bit. We got three questions. We'll go three more questions. I'll ask, and then we'll go uh, we'll go on. We'll go quick on these. Uh, John Hurlwood. Um, wants to know about the coaching staff and uh, he, well, I'll just read it. Um, it seems like in all of the losses, Pete comes out and says, well, we didn't expect that. Um, what exactly are we scheming against? Doesn't seem like we have the answer in any loss. Um, I'll, I'll take this one. I mean, I think that's kind of the deal with a loss though, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something you don't, you don't come out of a loss and say, we played amazing. We did everything right. I mean, you know, sometimes you do, but that, that's rare, right? So yeah, in a loss, that's a little bit of coach speak, right? That's a little bit of him protecting his players. Um, and it's just a little bit of the truth. You know, if you like against this Giants team, they ran into something they didn't expect, right? The same thing against the Bills. And um, again, I don't want to come out. I, I'm not a big Pete Carroll stand or anything, but you know, he does win a lot of games. And so the cases where they're, they're saying this after losses are, you know, pretty few and far between because the losses have overall been pretty few and far between. Um, and also, John, I will never wear a Jason Myers jersey of any color or size. So not a go. youth XL. You want to try that? <laughs> no, I mean, I, that, that just physically, like, it, it that would be happen. amazing. I would pay so much money <laughs> to watch oh that. My God, when you think about how much we could raise for charity. If, you end if... up having to like amputate my arm or something like that. Like, I'd lose blood to the. Uh, okay. Um, Jonathan Taylor uh, has a question. How do you guys feel about Snacks? How do you feel Snacks has played since he stepped in for Monet? I don't know if anyone has an opinion on this. I have an, I have 
Oh, we got a smile. Oh boy, this seems yeah. a little too optimistic. Man, this, but... is, this is like this is your turn into like a supervillain. This is like your two face. Yeah, origin. clearly, clearly he had a really big impact on the run defense on uh, Sunday against the Giants. Hey. Right, Brian? He did his job okay. Bobby Wagner. Ooh. And Bobby owned that today. In I love Bobby, he but did. that was a rough, rough, yep. rough game. For yeah, Bobby. the third quarter was a disaster. <sighs> um, All right, so tell us about Snacks, Brian. I'm not going to go into detail. I'll just say Snacks, I said it the last couple shows. I mean, I think that um, – I've seen some signs that he is getting more on the other side of the line of scrimmage. He is, you know, beating blocks and, and disrupting plays more. And that what I've seen from uh, grades on PFF matched that. So he's gone up every single game. He's played four straight games to where now his, his run grade, which is what he's known for. I mean, he's not a pass rusher. Um, he's up at 70, which is good. It's good. And if he keeps going up, I mean, this is a guy that was in the 90s for, for, for run defense. So I think it's totally reasonable to think that a guy in his situation would take a month to kind of get his legs under him. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think, I think he's not the problem. Um, I, I think he's, he's doing fine. See, and I would, I don't know. You, uh, you talk about upside a lot with players and I, I'm not, I mean, obviously, there's a history. Well, he's not nice. a long-term solution, but I yeah. mean, we're talking about for the rest of this season. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think a 70 run defense grade is, you know, that's what he is. I mean, he's been an okay player at one thing, and I don't know. Um, yeah, he's not the problem, but he's he's kind of a jag at this point for me. Um, all right, and Z-Ray, um, last week, I asked the Real Hawkcock crew if Carson was going to get more or less than 11 carries. Uh I didn't remember what I guessed, but apparently we all guessed under, which was wrong. He had 13. Uh, so against the Jets, over under 16 total touches. Time to redeem ourselves. Over. Uh, oh, what, what? Over. Over 16 touches. 16 Even and a half. On a pitch 16 count? and a half. Don't That's you? a huge voting of confidence in his health, Brian. Yeah, I just, I, I do I not see that. that. You guys like, didn't hear Pete's comment about him? Today? What was it? Was it today? He said he's going to be full go. There'll be no limits on, on his usage in this game. Is that a lie? I know. Like, I don't know that I'd buy that. He's on a pitch count last week. I don't know. Like, 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 if he said Chris Carson is going to be on a pitch count, is that not like, like, how does that help them against the Jets, like psychologically? Well, you know, if you believe that, then um, Daryl Taylor is also just days away from from, from joining the squad. Fair. Fair. What did Fair. he give an update on him today? Mm-mm. Not no. that I remember. Not that I remember. Uh-uh. He's dead? Okay. Got He's it. He's not dead. Good sure lord. Sure freaking sounds like it right now. This He's is disappointing, dead. but that's a different topic. Have that you seen him different. alive, Dana? Yeah. Have you ever seen him in a room? In, I saw him on TV in college. <laughs> mm. That was that was a year ago. Yeah, it was a minute. Yeah. Fair enough. I wonder. He's not dead. Anyway. <laughs> all right. So is that all our Patreon questions? All right, listen, you guys, we appreciate you guys sending those in and I hope we answer them well for you guys. Um, Make sure you do it every week, send in those questions. All right, so let's move on because now we're almost at an hour of the whining and I'm done with the whining because we still have all the games to go. You leave that smiley face on your head, Brian, I'm telling you, because we're gonna talk about the 0 and 12 Jets, which the pretty much 
the entire planet has decided are tanking on purpose, whether they fire Greg Williams or not, that they all know that they're tanking on purpose. They're going to dump Sam Darnold, which I could go on for an hour about that. And they're going to go for our little Mr. Golden Boy, Trevor, who may or may not go into the draft. We're not really sure what's going to happen there. So I know that you you guys know that I don't put a lot of credence into Wednesday injury reports, but there was some good news on this one today. The limited participation, which I will take on a Wednesday, was actually pretty good. Carlos Hyde, Brandon Shell, Kyle Fuller, Dwayne Brown. It's a resting bet. That doesn't count. Chris Carson, Tyler Ott, um, Snacks, Bobby Wagner, a lot of those. Full um, participation was really long. So really, the one name that should stick out to all of us on that injury report is Brandon Shell. Evan, Ooh. how important is it that he comes back? Brandon Shell's return to this offensive line is massive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely massive. And we are eating so much crow on it. And I'm going to remind everybody every single week that all of us were wrong about, about Brandon Shell. And I'm happy to do it. <laughs> Absolutely stoked to do it. Uh, right tackle has been a disaster, no matter what Brian says. Whoever is there, has been close whoa, to catastrophic. Whoa, whoa. Yep, I said it. It's the You're truth. Wrong. It is a major. You are wrong. You know, Marco Jones is a major downgrade from what Brandon Shell. Do not make me turn this bag around. He is a I major. Wait, you? Do you believe he's close to Brandon Shell's level? No. Yeah. How he's dare you dis? How dare you disrespect Brandon Shell's name? Oh, our our future All Pro right tackle, okay, soon to be extended. Yourself soon to be extended on a very large extension. Brandon Shell's return is massive. Hopefully this offensive line, especially in pass protection, can turn it around with his return this Sunday against the Jets. I think the bigger question is when Travis Homer going to come back to help pass protection. Sorry, go on. <laughs> Why do you, you know what? I, I love stirring the pot. Yeah. Actually, that's a good comment. That is good. Here's the thing. I, I I think that that's going to be huge. I I was watching around the horn and even they brought up that, you know, the right tackle situation and that they think that would really help Russell, but honest to God, here's my question about the jets. So they lose with 13 seconds left against the Raiders after scoring, what was it? 28 points, I think is what they scored. And then they lose in the last 13 seconds. Obviously the players don't want to keep losing that. This is a different situation. They fire um, Greg Williams. So how worried are you? And Brian, I mean, cause you're smiling. I'm going to send this to you. Um, how worried are you about, you know, the coach fire bump that happens sometimes with team? I mean, they're and 12 for God's sake. Yeah, but they shouldn't be. They, they actually, they should beat, be one in 11. <laughs> the Raiders, they actually beat even before that play. Like they outplayed the Raiders in that game. It took the Raiders like a, a big, like effort to, to get points where they're, they're ahead in that game. And obviously it was very lucky for them to win. Um, look, I mean. Uh... Brian, should fans not be more fearful of this Jets team than the Giants? No. Are you sure no. about that? No, the Giants are. Uh, much because look. Are you I sure mean, about that? Yes. I mean, even the other side of my. my you my don't think Sam Darnold is better than Colt McCoy? You don't think their offense is better than what the Giants have? Yeah, but the defense is horrible too. So, like, that's the. But thing. has our offense offense proven against bad defenses in the past six weeks? 
I'm not saying that they can't lose, Evan. That's a different question. The Giants' defense is good. Mm-hmm. And the team's well-coached. Adam Gase is a freaking disaster. He's hilarious, and I appreciate his, his content. But he is a disaster of a coach. So I think that they are bad in all facets. They are bad in special teams. They are bad in defense. They are bad in offense. Here's the thing. If you want, you, you, you want a, a gray lining, the one thing, the one thing the Jets can do is stop the run. And if the Seahawks decide this is the game that they're going to prove how tough they are and they're going to bring back the run no matter what, then that, you know, that could be one of those things where it's just like when I talked about with the Giants, the only thing the defense had to do was stop the run. That's the only thing they had to do, and they didn't do it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, think, it's, I think it's a joke that the Seahawks are favored by 16 points. How many, how many teams have they beat by 16 points in the last three seasons? Yeah, but how many teams have the Jets lost to by 16 points? I mean, that's kind of a good question, too. You have to look at the other side of it. But I agree. I think that that is a little much. Unless, and Nathan, you you probably would be the person to ask about this. What is that secondary like? I mean, is Russell actually going to be able to throw that ball all day long to DK Metcalf halfway down the field? Uh, so you're actually pointing out a weak spot on me. I do not uh, know nearly <laughs> much about the rest of the league. No, that's all right. Uh, I, I can own that. So, uh, I mean, he can, he can do whatever he wants. He can just chuck it all day long if he wants, but I don't know if that's going to work out for him. Right. So the jets in terms of coverage mm-hmm. are ranked 32nd. Well, there you go. In the NFL by pro football <laughs> focus. So just one measure could be different, but I think bottom 10 is fair too. Well, your question is their pass defense. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they're, they are 31st in passing yards given up, 31st in yards per attempt, 32nd in completion rate, 24th in interceptions, 29th in opponent passer rating, wow. 26th in sack rate. So, like, this is a bad, bad pass defense. They are 11th in the NFL in rush yards and third in the NFL in yards per rush given up. So, so it's a very – that's the only thing that they do okay. Is it, is it fair to say – that Seattle should continue their general offensive run pass split approach this season into Sunday's game against the Jets, considering the matchup. It's just so tough because we don't have faith now, right? Here's the thing, Evan. The answer is (laughs) the matchup. Here's the thing. Hold on. Hold on. I I just have to prepare myself. It is. It is not that there's one thing that they should do. Get into the game, understand what the opponents are trying to do, and friggin' adjust. Like Agreed. If, if you're actually running well, like they were in some of these past games, do it. Yeah, it's not a hard thing. Oh, we're gaining seven yards a run. Let's maybe do it a little bit more. And that we're not doing anything on the passes, and, and our quarterback looks like he can't make a decision to save his life and he's taking cra- crazy bad sacks and not throwing the ball away, then maybe you should run it more. If, if they're actually succeeding with the pass, then go for it. But like, that's the thing. It does feel like the Seahawks come into these games with one plan. And when it doesn't work, they're like, ah, uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> so you mean they need to go into this game logically. They need to use their logic. They have not been using that well 
in the last few weeks, for sure. I mean, we all know that that to be true, but I do think Evan has a point and you guys know that hurts me to say sometimes, but that Evan has a point, you know, if Russ can do what he does best and what he's been doing well throughout this season against this particular team, maybe that 16 point margin is, is, you know, verified. Maybe that, that is, you know, warranted then in that point. So, so I think that that is really good. Um, I, here's the thing though. I unfortunately said a couple of games back is, are we even really worried about this game? And it was the Eagles game. I will not be not worried about any game for the rest of the year. I think we're all just going to be worried about every single game. Can, as I, it comes down. can I just say something about this game? Please do. I am scared shitless of the Jets. I am scared shitless of the Jets. And I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. All right. We what just lost. Do, what will you do? What will this podcast look like next week if the Jets Ooh. beat the Seahawks? Oh my It'll God. be a live stream of me climbing up the Space Needle and then jumping off the top. <laughs> that's <laughs> what it will be. About that, that's very serious. Yeah, that's. Um, what will I do next week if we lose to the Jets? <laughs> what should I do? I don't know. Cease to exist. No, you just take it and move on and realize it's not the year. You just got to take a breath. No, 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 Dana. <laughs> if they lose to the Jets. Okay. I know. It's I'm it, a full-on yeah. meltdown is completely warranted. You know what I think Hell, is going to happen? What? Dana, I think Evan's going to come on here next week and talk about the Sounders. That's what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> Real Rams yeah. talk. Yeah, yeah there you go. Sure. We're talking Sean about Sean McVay. McVay. <laughs> He'd be wearing a Kyler Murray jersey. <laughs> the the, the, the sure. transformation would be complete. So I hear the NBA yes. season's about to get going, right? <laughs> actually, I, I I actually have an idea. Oh my. If oh, don't 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 <laughs> don't write don't whatever checks he can't do it. 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 If the Seahawks lose to the Jets, I will shave my eyebrows. Oh, I love it. On your face. What other eyebrows do I have? (laughs) (laughs) And not wear a bag. (laughs) You know what you got to do? It's just. I'm going to regret those. All of it. Beard, eyebrows, hair. I, I just oh God, I, that would be a bad look, dude. He's got good hair. You cannot my oh wife my is going to fucking kill me. Yeah, I can't believe is. I just said that. Yeah, right now I'm actually Christmas. really Christmas. How nice. I've never cheered against the Seahawks so hard as I was. <laughs> oh my god. All right, but, guys. So let's do let's do scores. Let's do score predictions because you know it's getting kind of late. We're at an hour over. So um what are your score predictions and try not to be too facetious, but literally, what do you think this game is going to do? Nathan, let's start with you. Uh, I'm never ready for this. Okay. Evan, go. Um, yeah, go. <laughs> go, go, go. 24, 21 oh, Seahawks. You it's going to be close. Know. It's going to be close though. This is going to be a competitive football game and they're going to give the Seahawks a run for their money. Everything we've seen over the last eight weeks says that they could very well do that. So I think Seahawks pull this one out, but it's going to be close. 
Brian, what about you? Well. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> I think the Seahawks are going to take this 20 to 17. Three point win, also. Okay. Nathan? I'm, I, you know, I don't even care. 37 13 Seahawks. They, the, the, it might be a mirage because this Jets team is significantly worse. They are awful. They, I, I know they fired Williams for that call at the end, but I still think they're trying to lose these games. I think so. Um, I think the defense does look a lot better. And so maybe the 37 points come, they get some help on that or something. Uh, but also I, I can't, I can't entertain anything other than a blowout at this point. Um, and yeah, so just sure. Let's go with it. I, I think it's going to be about 31, 20. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of more of those deep balls. And I think that that, what it'll be. I, I do think the Jets will be good enough to score at least 20 points, I think, at this point. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But if this is my last question for you guys, if this is a blowout, if Seattle beats them by 16 or more, will that give you any faith for the rest of the season? I already know all your answers, but go ahead. No, because while I'm not while I'm not scared of the Jets, and I, I do think that there's a good chance that there is a blowout for a lot of different reasons. Uh, I am scared of the Washington football team right now. Um, they make me nervous uh, with how they've been playing lately and how Seattle has been playing lately, and the chance that uh, you know Seattle could potentially sleepwalk. The Seattle doesn't sleepwalk through anything, so I don't know why I'm saying this, but. The Jets are bad enough that they could sleepwalk through the Jets game and still beat them by double digits. So, uh, yeah, at this point, I mean, that game makes me nervous enough that I need to see them win that game before I'm fully back on the uh, the I bandwagon. Mean, they just beat the Steelers. Right. That was their Super Bowl, though. You guys, we have to remember that. That was beating the Steelers was the Washington you know football team's Super Bowl. So, I while I think that they're better than a lot of people give them credit for, I don't know that they're. Washington's defense is better than the Giants. By That's far. true. And that that offense better is better than, than Colt McCoy. Yep. By far. Yep. By far with the Colt, Colt McCoy Giants offense. Colt exactly. McCoy Giants. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. So Brian, I'm guessing you're no also then. Yeah, I mean yeah. if the question was it's what the could Jets. they do to to give me you know hope? To dump the bag. Um, it's too hot. I'll never wear this. Well, it'll take, a, it'll take a while before I put this on again, but I think you have to score over 50 points. I mean, I think, I, I mean, I think I'd be looking for Russell Wilson to sit out the fourth quarter. I'd be looking for, you know, the defense to give up less than 10. I mean, I'm looking for, it would have to be just, okay, we're seeing things we've never seen from this team. That's the only thing that could in this game, um, and even then I'd be like, all right, well, let's see what, what of that carries over. But, but uh, at least that would give me something to pay attention to. I, yeah. So I have one caveat, since you said that I have one caveat to what will sell me on this game and, and I will be a hundred percent. I'll be putting a mortgage down on a Super Bowl bet. If we see Alex Magoo play on Sunday, <laughs> it's over. It's over for the NFL, the Seahawks. <laughs> There, it's just it's destiny. They're gonna cruise. They're not gonna lose by. They're not gonna win a game by less than twenty points the rest of the way. Alex Magoo will take us. Not not because I think he's gonna take over for Russ. Just 
you know, if they play well enough and, and we get an Alex Magoo setting, then that's it. That's it. The season's ours. Find yourself. I, I was about to say Nathan Ernst. No, 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 no. Russell Wilson hater. <laughs> no, no, no. Nathan, you really confuse me sometimes. Because I like good players and don't what, like bad players. What? Why do you like Alex Magoo? Because he's a good player. No, what's your history with him? I have no history with Alex McGill. How do you know? Him? No personal relationship in the past or anything? No, no, Not roommates no, no. in college or something like that? No. Actually, he's mm-hmm. way too young for that. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> oh All right, everybody. Well, you know, we... He's like some sort of like disease that needs to be uh, humiliated. <laughs> <laughs> You're too old to be close to his college age. Way too old. Man. All right, everyone. Wait, well, wait, wait. Is- so I didn't oh, get to wait. do my pos- I didn't get to do my positive thing yet. I thought we all had to do something positive. I didn't think you would do it. I, I got one. I got one. So is this just a general positive comment about the Seahawks, or sure. it's a it's a um, a inspiring um, analogy allegory? Uh, I don't know words. Start us off, Nathan. All right, so. Brian, and this kind of goes back to you, Brian, you know, saying they're irrelevant now because they lost to the Giants or whatever. So in 1996, the Chicago Bulls won 72 games. They were the best team in NBA history. That was the best record, most wins of any team in NBA history to that point uh, and would be for like two decades more. Um, So uh, amazing team. Um, On March 24th, they lost a basketball game. One of their only 10 losses on the season came against the 21 and 61 Toronto Raptors. Did you just they, compare us to the 1996 Bulls? Not saying that. I'm not saying so. that. That's not what I'm saying. Oh, um, first part of that comparison. <laughs> I'm saying that a 72 win. Uh, really maybe the greatest basketball team in history mm-hmm. lost to a 20 win Raptors team. And you're going to say, Oh, well, of course, Michael Jordan was load managing. No, Michael Jordan played 39 minutes. Uh, Scotty Pippen, 41 minutes. Tony Kukoc, 42 minutes. It was a healthy Chicago Bulls team with Michael Jordan, best one ever. And they lost to a awful Awful Raptors team. It this happens. Mr. Jeff Simmons would like everyone to know that he was at that game. Oh, what? Oh, <laughs> you being sarcastic? Is that real? No, he he was at the game. That's awesome. Oh my god, Jeff! Oh my gosh, I All don't right. think Evan was born yet. But I was born in 1995. Okay, <laughs> so you were a year old. I was one years old. Oh, I was watching was that game. It was early '96. So are you sure? March 24th. Yeah, I, I remember being sitting up in a little toddler seat and watching it and being and just fed. somehow annoyed because you knew, like, 25 years later, somebody was going to bring this up on a podcast. 100 percent correct. Look, the Seahawks are not going to go on. Yeah, go ahead. Breast milk takes. I mean, it would just be. Oh no 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 no! All right, mute yourself. Mute yourself. Take a timeout. Take a timeout. Back it up, Brian. Back it up. This was supposed to be a feel-good moment, Brian. It was a feel-good moment, Nathan. I'm so proud of you. Good teams can lose to bad teams, and and shit happens, mm-hmm. right? Um, the Seahawks have a ton of stuff to figure out. They're clearly not the best team in the NFL, in the NFL or in the history of the NFL or anything like that. But good teams can lose to bad teams, and 
it is a hundred percent, you know, within the realm of possibility that they turn this around and they look like the team that they've always looked like, which, you know, we, we got really high on this team at, at one point, you know, and, and I think we all had really high Super Bowl expectations, but, you know, going into the this, this season, none of us thought this was a clear favorite or anything like that. And I, I think that they can get back to what we were hoping they would be. And, and one bad one, one loss against a bad team doesn't end that. Can we just stop right there? Because yeah, I yeah. don't want anyone to ruin that. <laughs> it's just the truth. Nathan, I'm so proud of you. Like, I don't even know what to do with myself. My heart is like growing I love <laughs> it so much. It's so good. So you know what? I, it, you're absolutely right. And if either one of you guys wants to share your positive thought, you're more than welcome to. But I will say this. Um, on my, I am writing an article this week. Every once a month, I do an article called Fan Form. And I have about eight fans from around the league from different teams. And I ask them a question and they give me their thoughts on it. Cause I always think it's important to get the fans to do my question this time was, you know, in a season that we weren't even sure was going to happen in, in a season that we thought could end at any second and still technically could let's keep that in mind. You know, what was the one thing that surprised you because it was done right. And it could have been anything. And, you know, I think that we just have to kind of remind ourselves of that. You know, there's been a lot that has gone right for the league, for the teams, for everything this year. And, and I think that that's really important to try and keep that positive, whether you guys like it or not, that's the way I think. So I hope we continue. You guys um, make sure that you give us the thumbs up on the video that really actually helps us out. So if you guys could do that, that would be great. Make sure you join us over on Patreon so you can give us your questions and you can chat with us and you can tell me to not be positive and all those other great, great things. Um, you know, it's, what is it? $5 a month, Brian? Five bucks. Patreon.com. It's so fun. Come on over. Brian, you can take off your bag now. We'll, we'll see about that. Okay. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us.